We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Castle United podcast. Uh, this podcast is in partnership with FansBet, the unique gambling company which donates half of your losses to fan causes. If you do select FansBet as your gambling company of choice, please uh, select True Faith. If it's not for you, no problem at all. Stay well clear of it. Newcastle United 2, Huddersfield nil on a fantastic day at St James's Park. I think we can all agree. Um, I've got me, Alex Hurst, I've got Simon Campbell, Ben Wade, Charlotte Robson and Norman Riley because when Newcastle United win, everyone wants to talk about the mags. And that's what we're going to do for you over the next half hour, 45 minutes or, or so. So without further ado, Norman, I'm going to come to you first. I think the best place to start was the magical debut of Miguel Almiron. Uh, he did everything but score. Can you give the listeners um, about two and a half minutes of analysis of his debut for Newcastle United, please? Well, I'll start you know, by um, saying I know it's only Huddersfield, but uh, I don't care. I'm going to go straight into a, a hyperbolic tribute, no doubt. Um, I, I loved, I must say, I loved Rafa's pragmatic comments at the end. They were, they were brilliant, but um, as a fan, to see a debut like that, it just excites you. No two, no two ways about it. Um, the anticipation... Before the match, when we knew he was in the lineup, was it, it, it was huge and, and it created a buzz. There was a massive buzz about the place, and that obviously contributed to it. I think um, he created six chances, which was more than any other player on the pitch. He completed thirty sprints, more than any other player on the pitch. He had three shots on target, more than any other player on the pitch. Um, there, were, there weren't any nerves. Um, the confidence was unreal. I mean that the audacity of that chip, the the, the build up to the build up to the chip that hit the post was outstanding. But the fact that he, he even tried the, the chip. Uh, he looked completely composed. Was unbelievable. Um, his reaction to it not going in the net was great. He didn't, it didn't, you know, he didn't kind of show any signs of frustration. He didn't let his head drop. He just kind of got up, got on with it, and contributed for the rest of the match and in a superb way. Um, some of his his passing was ridiculous. Within the first five minutes, he put a, a great ball across the box from the left hand side um, that almost led to a goal. His movement, his intelligence, the timing of his runs, um, the link up play with Perez. And Ron Don, just the kind of automatic understanding by three highly intelligent footballers was, was an absolute joy to watch. Um, the other thing is the players in the team know how quick he is. And you could see that immediately because they're putting balls into space that, you know, we, we don't have a player who could get to those. Um, Atsu's got the pace, but he doesn't necessarily have the, the intelligence to know where to make those runs. Almiron clearly does. Um, his composure on the ball and uh, the way that he can just pick out players as, as they're moving ahead of him is, was, was fantastic. Um, the... The composure that he saw when you know, the ball comes at the box, he controlled it. He had that shot that Lursel served, saved him at the at the bottom post. It was just it was just beautiful to watch. Um, I instinctively intelligent. Um, the way that he could run, he's interchanging. He's interchanging was fantastic because what it did was it, 
it, it confuses the back four having those three players, kind of the two running running attacking midfielders in Perez and Ron uh, in Almi Ron and Ron Dunn up front. It just it just confused them. Um, I everything about it, uh, quick feet, trickery, that nutmeg in the first half when Lewis almost filled the shot was was superb, and it's just it's just great to see a player who genuinely excites. Um, you know, you can make comparisons with with recent players in Newcastle history. And for me, yesterday kind of reminded me a bit of Craig Bellamy. Um, obviously, different kind of player, but at the same time, that that trickery, that pace, that willingness to run at players, the the intelligence and movement, all of it was just it was just lovely. Um, and the one, I think, the one actual favourite part that, um, of, of the game for for me yesterday, that the one favourite bit of skill that he showed was um, second half when he set up Perez for that chance that Perez put just past the post to make it three 0 the control in the just finely weighted pass to Perez's feet was just absolutely beautiful and um, I um, everything about it. And I'll, I'll finish off with saying the spin and control that he showed to to invite the challenge in from Tommy Smith. That is something that we have been screaming out for. A player who has such good close control and is able to turn like that, that he's going to invite these two-footed reckless challenges to... Um, get players booked and get red cards. We haven't had that for such a long time and it's absolutely necessary in, in the Premier League right now and I'm just very glad that, that he played so well yesterday. He'll take that into the next game and I buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I totally agree with you, Norman. I thought it was um, really exciting to watch. It changed the whole whole game for us, I think, um, and it's really exciting going forward to look at like our fixtures with him on our side. Um, I just wanted to add that um, I really... Uh, enjoyed how quick to react he is. He seems to have a really low centre of ground. Like, he's really, like, low to the ground. He's so quick on his feet. He's so slight. It's like his um, reactions to stuff is... is we have. I just personally haven't seen that in our side for so long. It was just a joy, a joy to watch. Yes, yeah, so you want to talk about Almiron? Uh, of course, um, who doesn't? Um, we could literally do 30 minutes on Almiron here because it was just a joy to behold, wasn't it? Like, what a lovely little play we've got there. Um, I had I had panics at um, of, of shades of Lejeune when he when he made his debut. And 30 minutes later, um, he was sighed down by Harry Kane. I thought I thought the same had happened again. I thought we were going to see the best 30 minute debut followed by a six month stint on the sidelines, but no, we did not. We we saw 90 minutes, well, 70 minutes. You going off? 80 minutes of. Uh, of pure joy, and it just it just changed everything about about being at St James's Park for me. It, it felt like ninety minutes, definitely didn't it? We, we definitely got the money money's worth there. <laughs> yeah. Twenty million. I mean, you know, on on that point, we're going to come to Charlotte in a sec about how just how fun yesterday was. Uh, but you know, the Norman, you made some excellent comparisons through the game that you, you maybe haven't seen a player as fast as St James's Park since the days of. Um, Craig Bellamy, where he just was all over the place, you know. He, although he had that position kind of behind Rondon on the right hand side with Perez flanking him, he was just everywhere. And uh, you know, it was we're so slow. We are so slow as a team. We're so slow that Rafael had to mould Christian Atsu into some sort of like central midfielder just to bring a bit of pace into the team. And you can really see how much the whole team benefited by by his performance and by his ability. Charlotte wants to come in. Yeah, I just wanted to add that you could really see after the um, after Almiron came off at like ninety minute, no, not ninety, eighty, felt like ninety. Um, you could really see at eighty minutes when you know Atsu came on and um, how 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 slow we actually are because Curtisfield could catch up with us and no one was catching up with Almiron. Um, so yeah, so it's really good to have that pace back in the squad. And another thing on Almiron is. 
good footballers make other players better. And you could tell yesterday, you know, that was Perez's, even before Perez scored the goal, um, me and Norman were saying at half-time, this is one of Perez's most influential games in the world. Now, he's been playing well recently, but in terms of having so much influence, and that's no, that's no mistake. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about how the front three worked later on. Um, but he's, I mean, really unlucky with uh, with hitting the post. And I don't know why we got a corner when Rondon hit the post after that. It was a bit weird. Did the keeper save it as well? So another one for Manuel Neuer, as Norman described him yesterday, the Huddersfield, the Huddersfield keeper. Um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant and... You know what a player we seem to have on our hands. We'll have to take into consideration the opposition uh, and also the red card. But I think you know we talk about you know we are we have a patron, and if you like this podcast, would employ you to get involved. It's about six pounds seventy a month. We're going to stop saying five pound because of the exchange rate um, because the pound has plummeted since we started, and it's a it's nothing to do with us. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we're going to have about 10 extra shows this week because it's a three-game week uh, for us. You know, we'll have the first listen show, which is basically the first podcast we get out straight after the game. We'll have a match day podcast, match previews, and so much more. So please have a look. Join up. Now is the time. Newcastle are playing well, and we're talking about it lots and lots, so please sign up. But, you know, we haven't had a player since, um, or it was Bradley Johnson for Norwich in 2014 and 2013 at home. Um, it was the last time a player was sent off against we're at home. We haven't really had any players that have incited those kind of tackles. Their team could not handle Almiron yesterday. They could, and, and their lads knew that. They knew that. And you saw Almiron, you know, he potentially could have got the lad sent off when he goes through one-on-one for the chip because the lad tries to pull him back. He doesn't go down. He stays up, which is fair enough because he only has the keeper ahead and no one's catching him. Um but I think we're going to see a few more red cards against talented, skillful players like that who who, who need fouled regularly to stop them in their tracks. So, yeah. you know, everyone talks about referees and how unlucky. I just think we've had a really bad team for the past five years who haven't, you know, drawn these types of fouls. No one likes being humiliated. And Almiron, he was putting it through players' legs. He was passing it around them. He was running around them. And, and Tommy Smith, you know, like, I think it was hilarious on their match of the day. What's his name? Um, Ince. Paul Ince is going to call him Tom Ince. Paul Ince is like Tommy Smith's not that type of player. As as the footage shows him launching two footed studs up, like if if he, if he isn't that type of player, who is? Um, right, Charlotte. Yesterday was just a great day to be a Newcastle fan. You've travelled all the way up from the capital city for this one. Talk us through your day and and why it felt so good to be at St James's and how that's compared to previous visits this season. Okay, gladly. Um, so I came up on Friday night. Um, Saturday, yesterday, we, um, me and my, well, I came and met Alex. We were selling fanzines outside the ground. So Mickey and I were down from the East Stand selling the paper copy of True Faith. Um, you know, we were there from one. Um, Alex wants me to plug that. I mean, you know, subscribe if you like. It's really good. You can get it online. It'll come through your door. Um, anyway, um so we were there from about one, um, quite, you know, excited, beautiful, sunny day, which obviously helps like a sunny day on Tyneside is like just beautiful and people were outside drinking and it was just lovely. Um, foot traffic starts to pick up closer to two and you're chatting, we were chatting on with fans who were coming up to buy the fanzine, loads of them, everyone buying fanzines. It was great. You should do it. Um, and the the squad had been released, so we saw that Almiron was starting. Everyone was buzzing about that. Like there was so much energy, and everyone was so excited. And I haven't seen that kind of excitement in so long. Like our last home game I went to, I think was Fulham before Christmas, and 
I mean, it was terrible. I mean, the game itself was terrible. The atmosphere in the ground was terrible. And it was just, yeah, it was just crap. Um, and um, and yesterday just felt like, it felt like a complete 180. Like everyone was buzzing. I definitely think the sunshine helps. I think the signing helps. I think, you know, we, we've we been away on this training camp. People, you know, there's a lot of, um, lot of excitement being built in journalists doing that and stuff like that. So... And was yeah, I was just feeling good. And then in the ground itself for the game, like I cannot tell you how good the atmosphere was. If you weren't there, listen to match day, you can hear it singing throughout the game, the whole game. Like it's been so quiet lately in the games that I've watched on telly or I've been at that it it did just feel so different and so happy. And as soon as Almiron started and that you could see how pacey he is and, and how, how much he was elevating our style of play, like everyone was just completely behind the team. It, it didn't feel, it didn't feel negative at all. And even though we ended, you know, the first half nil nil, we, we, uh, was still dominating the game. We were completely, completely dominating it. Obviously, they were down to 10 men. Everyone was like, just, we've had so many chances, completely buzzing for like a, a multiple goal win. So, um, as I believe they're called. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was just, it was just such a class day. It was just brilliant. And my dad, I went with my dad and, you know, a few weeks ago, I think before we'd signed Almiron, he was like, I don't know if we should even go to Huddersfield, you know, like it's just, it's crap being a Newcastle fan. It, it'll be rubbish. Um, and then obviously we made the signing and I'd already bought the tickets at that point. So we weren't not going. Um, uh, and yeah, and he was, he was saying when we were leaving the ground, he was just so happy. He was like, it was like a different stadium yesterday. It was like back to when he used to really enjoy going. So all in all, a lovely day. <laughs> yeah, I think um, me and Alex said it at half time, even though it was nil nil, this is what it's like to be like a Man City fan. You go to your, your home stadium and you watch your team create loads of chances and just you're just waiting for the goals to come and that's what it felt like even at half time. And I know we were sort of saying it could get nervy here if we don't score soon, but we were never ever worried about not winning that game and I think obviously they had ten men, but um the Almiron um, inclusion in the lineup obviously did create a bit of an atmosphere from the start and I think it helped but it wasn't until he had that run through and chipped the keeper the whole stadium just came to life and was like hang on this is class everyone's just like suddenly here to enjoy a football match again it wasn't going through the motions it wasn't at all a repeat of the uh, the Fulham game and even the Cardiff game to an extent until we got the first goal against Cardiff it was a dud of a match and people were getting a bit frustrated that was never going to happen here because the, the whole atmosphere of the club's changed like it did last year when uh, Kennedy and Dubravka came in just that that sort of thing gives you a lift and even though we haven't really got anything to aim for the rest of the season like the highest thing we can realistically finish probably 12th I'm going to enjoy the rest of the season now and it's 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 just totally different we're only four points off 10th I think um, Ben I was going to bring this to you quickly um, just because although you're only Cassie United season ticket holder that was the first game you've seen us win at home <laughs> since like um, Glenn Rhoda's first home win so do you want to explain now why that wasn't how it felt yeah, I don't even think I ever saw Glenn Rhoda win a game at home, to be honest. So, uh, no, I, I think I was, I, we were talking afterwards. So I'd, I've missed a few. Um, so I missed the Man City game because uh, I've been a little bit ill and it was a Tuesday night. Just had no... Yeah, nothing to do with that. But uh, yeah, call us a fair weather fan all you want. But um, I just had 
no like there was no desire and I think it just goes back to what Charlotte was saying there like the, the good feelings back like there's, there's been a few times this season where it's, it's just felt like what is the point like the way the club's been run obviously the issues with Ashley um, <clears throat> and it, it was completely different yesterday and as, as everybody's alluded to Almiron's done this and it, I mean for fuck's sake it's only taken 11 years of Mike Ashley to get his hand out of his pocket but this is exactly like the sort of in the frustration that it's all it's it's not taking a lot um to to do it's 20 million quid which isn't great in the grand scheme of things compared to what other teams are spending um but it's brought the buzz back and everybody was absolutely buzzing uh, as you've, you've all said i mean Almiron, i don't think anyone said it he reminded us of craig bellamy um yeah i'm taking the mic i'm taking the mic like you every everybody's like trying out craig bellamy like we'll get it craig bellamy he's ratted um, so like, but now he's just he's, he's brought the buzz back, and you're completely right. Like, it's nice to see a skillful player, and, and he just he linked up so well with the other players as well. That was the thing. I mean, you think he's only arrived two two weeks ago or so, um, and yet it looks like they've been playing together for years and years. It was absolutely brilliant. I have to give Norman. We'll move on from this uh, this soon. About how do I feel? But Norman, again, you travelled up from London, and you were you were on the bus home last night in a in a, a fine mood. Um, explain to the listener why you had such a good day yesterday. Well, on paper, the day you know consisted of uh, two five-hour drives, uh, setting off in the morning, going back in the evening, thinking, you know what, five six weeks ago that that would have been something I would have been dreading. But uh, even even yesterday, I felt that something something good was happening. Um, I think again, the just even the the thought of Almiron starting was. You know, it was exciting, but the performances um, against Spurs away, Man City at home, Cardiff at home, Wolves away being so unlucky. The, there is a there is a confidence um, in the squad, and then obviously being lucky enough to be in Spain last week, and just to see the the obvious bond between the players um, just made me feel like would turn the corner a bit, like as as we've already mentioned, like last season when Dubravka and Kennedy came in. Um, and I just had this this feeling that we were, I had that feeling that we were going to win. I like I almost like knew we were going to win. I, I thought maybe it'd be one 0 but I thought it'd be a convincing one 0 if there's such a thing. Um, and getting up home, I mean, very briefly, very briefly saw my family um, straight into Newcastle. Did the did the, doing the match day pod, talking to, talking to loads of people, um, getting to talk to Magnus, who's a patron and a long time um, podcast follower. Uh, his family had come over from Norway. Um, him, his brother, his son, his mum and dad. Um, they weren't they weren't too far from us in Block B. And just to just to see these little things, it, it, it reminds you how how happy football can make you when when it's good. And um, yesterday was just a a real reminder of um, why why we do this. And uh, obviously the drive back down with uh, David the lad, who, who also you know drove up and down for the match. Um, we were seeing in the car. Imagine if we'd lost this, we would have just been staring out the wind and probably hating each other for four and a half hours. Like, literally detesting each other for four and a half hours. Um, but yesterday was like, mate, this has been one of the best days of my life. I mean, that's hyperbolic, but at the time, that's exactly what it feels. And um, I, everything everything about the day was was perfect. Um, watching Rafa's pre-match interview, sorry, post-match interview as well, when when you see him speak, I mean, he always speaks with clarity, but when you, you can almost see it in his face that he, he knows that with... We've turned a corner, and it just think it just makes you think. You know what, Mike Ashley, mate, look at this. We've signed a twenty million player, which you know has been mentioned isn't huge in Premier League terms. Um, we're like fifteenth or fourteenth in the table, but 
look how good it can be when we're like this. Imagine what it would be like if you spend 60, 70 million. If you give Rafa 60, 70 million, if you put a little bit of money into the academy, give sort of Rafa four or five years with the right back and imagine the positive vibes that could be created. Imagine how good it could feel. Like this is in your hands. You can do this with not really that much investment comparatively. Um, I mean, he won't take any, obviously, that, that, that won't be in his mind at all. But um, it's, it was one of those days that just made you think, just imagine how good this could be. Um, and it was it was fantastic. And we're going to be buzzing um, about this until we play Burnley in two days' time. And we'll be Burnley and we'll be buzzing until the weekend. Uh, just, just to echo that point, it's just, it's frustrating that it's like the, the lack of trust in Rafa. It's it's one signing has completely changed everything. It's, it's, I'm glad that it's actually come off because I think hopefully it'll it'll get them to trust Rafa a bit more that he knows what he's fucking doing like this is a bargain of a player who has completely like changed the way we play as well I mean that's the most open and, and a, a expansive I've seen us play in a long time and it's one player like imagine what you do with a few more so I, I hope that the fucking idiots running the club have, have taken notice of that and actually back Rafa because you can see what potential could do yeah, to me, it, 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 and it's been said by by others as well, not just me. It felt like a, a football club yesterday again. You know, the fact that we've won the big game, the fact it's three home wins in a row. There was such a positivity around the place that was just so refreshing and and so out of sync with the majority of Mike Ashley's reign. Um, I totally agree with everything that you have all said there. But you know, every season we have we have to get away from going into games in February and March every season, having to win them for the wrong reasons and I mean the wrong reasons being relegation if we have to win them for because it's an FA Cup quarter final or because you want to get sixth or whatever that's fair enough but and, and yesterday was was almost a little bit removed from that because we were so comfortable even at 11 v 11 we're always going to score I mean that that is Huddersfield's best result of the season seriously that being 2-0 that should have been 6 or 7-0 that wouldn't have been unfair Newcastle United yesterday um even with 11 v 11 you always knew you were going to win so there's kind of a calmness even before the first goal came you know, getting the goal directly after half time was crucial and took off the pressure and scoring so quickly after that as well was absolutely massive. Um, we may as well talk football and tactics and all the things we enjoy talking about and we're kind of halfway through the podcast and we haven't done that yet bar um, the debutant. So Ben, I'm going to come to you first. Um, despite plenty of talk about Key Diarmé and Shelby returning yesterday and I, I personally was looking forward to that. Only Key made the bench and share long staff and Hayden put in another fantastic performance between them. You know, are they now first choice in your opinion? Do you think that regardless of everyone back, those two or one of those two start? And and you know, if so, why? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I, th- I think Rafa's <laughs> just pulls these things out of the bag. Like, there's absolutely no chance, like in hell, that you would ever contemplate a, a midfield of Hay- Hayden and, and Longstaff sort of coming in and doing as well as they have done. I mean, obviously, that's down to the preparation that Rafa runs them through and everything. They know their jobs, like they stick to it. They're disciplined, which is what Rafa loves. So they're his type of players. Um, I mean, the fact Hayden's been a funny one that everyone sort of wondered why he's, he's hung around so long. Obviously, there was talk about moving, but it's because he's, he's able to, to, to play out Rafa's game plan on the pitch. Rafa loves those types of players. We had like the likes of Kieran Clark and the Championship would come in and do exactly as Rafa tells him, and, and that's what Rafa wants to see. Um, I think it's possibly one of the, the the issues that Shelby's not always um, sort of been the the main man because he, he sort of likes to go and do his own thing and, and he's obviously that sort of more of a creative, expansive player. Um, you have to say, I mean, I think against the better teams, I think we'll, we'll potentially get found out 
but we've already beaten Man City with those two in the team, so it's like, does it get much better than that? Um, I, I think there's there's more to come as we get Shelby back in, even Key, if, if Key comes back in. But what I would say is, is that it's definitely that you, you've already seen it the times this year, the fact that Key came in and, and he dropped Shelby for Key shows that Rafa's not afraid to make these big decisions and, and switch them out, I think. We were all calling for Hayden when when they went down to ten and were saying there's not really any point in keeping Hayden on the pitch here. Like let's get some more mocks bad from let's get Key on, let's get something that's gonna be able to help unlock. Whereas actually he was like he played really well, was a massive factor of winning the ball back. Like the how easy it was. Every time we lost possession, Hayden or Longstaff was straight in on the tackle, winning the ball back and getting the ball back into our front three that were terrorising them. So actually like a, a they played really well. There's definitely a blueprint there to play with those two players. Longstaff's growing and growing and growing every game. I mean, how much better does he look every time? I mean, he nearly pulled off one of the goals of the season. If that shot that uh, hit the sort of the T-bar had gone in, fucking hell. T-bar. The T-bar. <laughs> the corner, the corner extension, whatever you want to call it. Like, fucking that. That, that killed us. Like, me and Si were having palpitations pul- all through the game. I think if that had gone in, pff, I, I wouldn't be here now. Um, but it's, you just like... Ev- they're playing so well and Longstaff what I like about him as well you can see he's coming to building he's, he's moving the ball around so he, he can play it short but also he's, he's constantly looking for like every time he got the ball his first thought was where's Yedlin or where's Richie he's looking for those balls in behind and a couple of them came off um, I thought he was utilising sort of the, the width which obviously you would hope you would do anyway when, when you're against 10 men but he was really intelligent in his play he played it short when he had to he was making sure he kept the ball and definitely I think there's, there's potential there realistically I think when everyone's fit like there's a better team to, to come out but it's really encouraging them we've got like a fifth and sixth choice centre mids that can come in and do the job yeah absolutely 100% um we're, me and Alex are nothing at half time on the match day. I'm sure you'll hear us both calling to get Hayden off the pitch. A minute later, he, he sets up the first goal. So we know now. Um, absolutely. I think before the game, there was a lot of people discussion whether or not the uh, the you know the, the real lads, the, the first teamers, should have been brought back in for for what was you know a massive three points that we desperately needed. But you know uh, the two lads that have come in have absolutely earned the right to keep their place now. Um, Longstaff especially. Uh, what what I like best about his performance yesterday, I mean, Hayden was all over the pitch, breaking up play and basically just keeping the ball. Um, but Longstaff was winning the ball in their half in really good positions, and he doesn't just do that and then lay it off to a teammate. Like, um, there's sort of the years gone by of players like Teodi who would win the ball, pass it on, job done, call back, win the ball, pass it on, job done. Longstaff, win the ball, find find a mint pass, and then bombing it into the box and, and trying to get on the end of stuff. Like, just, just so refreshing, a, a young lad who was so hungry um, doing that. Um, so between them, there's no way now you could you could have either of them come out of the team unless one of them gets injured because they're, they're, they're playing so well. Can I can I jump in there? Just two quick comments. Um, Hayden, now we obviously we'd all written, uh, we'd all written him off just due to the fact that he wanted to leave and he, and he was he wasn't particularly good last season. He seemed to lose his way a little bit. Um, but you know, if you recall at the end of the championship season, I think if you were Alex, you and I definitely discussed this. We we thought that Hayden just had the potential to go on and become the club captain because he, for a young lad, he showed such maturity in the championship season. Um, and as I say, that that seemed to go and his head went a little bit, but he's he's now almost becoming the player that I think we thought he could be when we saw him in the championship. Um, it was a very, very mature performance. And obviously the fact that he wanted to leave, he's he's parked that and he's just gone on with the job of being absolutely professional. And it's and it's really good to see. And it's kind of testament to his character and also to the, I suppose, the psycholog- psychological management that's provided by um, Rafa and his um, his staff um, and with Longstaff just there was one particular thing one of many things that he did well during the match but the cross for Rondon's head at the start of the end at the end of the first half 
that cross was just dug out and it was absolutely beautiful. It was one of the, it was one of the best crosses I've seen this season. I don't know if, you, if anyone's had a chance to watch it again, but if you haven't yet, just watch it. It is, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I completely agree. And I just wanted to add that I now feel very vindicated for adding Sean Longstaff to my best 11, which is a patron, was a patron only um, podcast that we did. Our best 11, imagining our fit, everyone was uh, fit. Um, and uh, I was the only one out of a lot of us that put Longstaff on the pitch as our starting 11. And I feel very happy about that now because he's going from strength to strength. And I thought he looked absolutely class yesterday. I think he was man of the match. Was he man of the match? I think he was. I think Zai's just passed me a start there saying um, Isaac Hayden has one goal, three assists in his last five games, which is very good. Uh, Norman, I'm going to echo you um, on that cross. And the, the great thing about that cross, which Rondon should have buried, um, is that as Sai said, it was he won the ball back, he made the pass, and then he kept on running, and then he hit that ball first time across the face, and it's like that's a that's a good footballer right there. That's not just a lad who's come in to break up play and pop the ball off like you say, Sai. That that's a lad with ability to play at the highest level all over the pitch. And quickly on Hayden before we move on, I think what what sets apart Hayden every single other midfielder that we have is athleticism. He has the and now Longstaff covers loads of ground as well, so he's got it. But Hayden is just an absolute machine as an athlete. He doesn't seem to tire. He doesn't seem to you know he, he has his five minutes most games on the floor. Like he likes the magic sponge. He likes it. He likes an orange. Um, a vitamin tablet. Not that I'm, su- I'm not suggesting doping here, but uh, like he's he, he he is everywhere when he wants to be when he's playing with confidence, and it's like I'm clamouring for the return of Shelby because I think Shelby's vision and Almiron's pace is going to be quite scary to watch and quite scary to defend against. But you, these two are they have become undroppable. I mean, talk about Rafa Benitez improving footballers. Like, you know, that performance. When Isaac Hayden came to Newcastle United, he'd, play, he'd be playing right back for Hull or centre back for Hull for a couple of years. He's now dominating midfields in the Premier League. He's now getting forwards and scoring goals and creating chances in the Premier League. I think it was kind of to say he created a goal yesterday, he kind of miscontrolled the ball in the box and Rod, Rondon smashed it in. He got it. Hey, he got the assist, I think. He got the assist. They all count. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, a, you know, what they're, they're two young English lads. People forget, and I forgot, Hayden's only 23. You know, Longstaff 21, two young English lads under the best manager we'll ever have in Newcastle United, thriving in the Premier League, and it's, and it's a joy to watch. And it's just, it's just those little wins you, you get as a fan, those little bit of extra moments of satisfaction you get from, from football when it's two young lads like that playing well in the Premier League. And speaking of satisfaction, si, I have a feeling that the front three of Perez, Rondon and Almiron are going to cause Newcastle fans quite a great deal of satisfaction. I know we've talked about Almiron quite a bit, but your your initial thoughts of seeing them work as a three yesterday before you talked to us about uh, Rondon and Perez in particular? Yeah, I mean, satisfaction is probably uh, the wrong word. I think more like heart problems. Um, as Ben's already alluded to in the in the second half, between him, me and Norman, one of us was going to die by the end of that game <laughs> because of the performance of that front three. Um it's 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 it reminds me of the the connection we used to have with uh, Jose Enrique and Jonas and and Colachini as well that kind of Spanish trio and um, that had such a good understanding and and kind of led led by example and this this is the same um I I don't even know how to describe the formation we're playing with them but it was it felt like a, a front three it felt like a proper 433 um shades back to 3-4-3 even, yeah. Shades back to um, Kevin Keegan's uh, second stint here when he had Viduka Owen and uh, Martins just uh, terrorising people. As a, you know, <laughs> three best players, get them up top. Um, but the, the 
understanding of, of three lads. All right, yeah, Perez and Rondon have had a bit of time together now, but Almiron just slotted in, and the three of them played like they've been playing together for, for years, and it was just it was unbelievable, the kind of movement and intelligence of some of the play. It was, was something, again, we're going to talk about how many, how many of these things we haven't seen for so long, but it's true because that, that was a totally different Newcastle United and, and epitomised by the, the 3D performance. Um, you didn't know who was the furthest forward. We, we could vary it up so that sometimes we were playing it long. Rondon wins the ball, knocks it on for one of the other lads to run onto. Other times it was played into feet. Perez, little one-twos. Like we've got so much kind of variation and balance there now that we've got different options. It's not just single dimension, knock the ball forward and see what happens. It's what we can we can build up play. We can we can play on the break and play forward really quickly if we need to. Other times we've got possession. We build up slowly. We find a way in and, and we create a chance. Like. This is a Newcastle team that can can cause problems to anybody now, and yeah, you've just said, or we've already beaten the city. But I like the idea of us of that three against anyone now. Yeah, just to echo that as well. Um, the so the it, it's almost like tele- telepathic understanding between Perez and, and Almiron. They were brilliant, like the dovetail. That that was Perez's best performance in in a long time, and he's had some good ones. But it's it's just interesting. Like it's taken one player to to sort of unleash that potential that Perez has always had but I don't think there's ever anyone really been on his wavelength he's, he's by far and away probably the most skillful player we've got in in that squad until Almiron turned up um, and I think you always felt like he was playing with himself he was always like the, the workhorse for a lot of, lot of games there under Rafa sort of encouraged for his defensive work rather than what potentially he could do he's, he's got a brilliant touch I mean there were times yesterday where he, he would take the ball into feet there would be three Huddersfield players around you were like oh fuck's sake here we go he's going to lose the ball and then somehow he'd, he'd do something ridiculous, little touch, and, and and get away and release other players. And and Perez has got that ability in him. He's a skillful player. I just think it, he's been a bit hamstrung by by the quality around him and, and nobody that plays sort of in in the same in the same way as him. So I think we're going to see the best of him. He's 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 going to be able to flourish now. And I, I'm can't I can't I don't think this, the sky's the limit with these with these three together. Rondon, you, you said as well. It's, it's again very very skillful player. It's not all about the big target man. Um, he's strong. Like he's, he's got a bit of skill. He's, he, he can even beat players. Like he's, he's willing to sort of do do that type of work as well. And then just the, the pace that Almiron's brought in. It's, it's given the other the other two that outlet now that it, it, in beforehand it was a bit workmanlike because they they didn't really have the pace to separate themselves away from other other players. Whereas now they've got Almiron and and the runs he was making. I mean, every time Richie got the ball, he was doing the runs around the outside, giving them options and and putting putting defenders in positions that don't want to be in. I think between the three of them, it's it's a it's a perfect storm. You've got the the guile and and um, sort of creativity of Perez. You've got sort of just the the, the strength and sort of directness of Rondon, and, and then you've got um, Almiron with the pace and, and a bit of trickery. So I think we're, we're going to do a lot of damage to a lot of teams uh, go forward. Um, Norman, uh, I hope you don't mind me um, give, uh, telling the listeners about this quote, but I want you to explain it a bit. Um, you had very strong words for me yesterday for anyone who doubts the ability of Iose's Perez's importance to this team. Do you want to just big up Iose's performance yesterday? It was a lovely goal. It was a lovely goal. I don't think... I mean, we constantly defended him, I think. I mean, and I've said this, I've repeated this on like numerous occasions. Uh, you know, every time there's a criticism of Perez, it's like, this kid cost us 1.5 million from the Spanish second league. What he's done in the... Uh, there's four seasons he's been at this club now is... Is way, way, way beyond the the investment that was made in him. Um, there's, as, I, as I've said before, there's no reason why he, he's not going to reach 50 goals for Newcastle United. And Ben mentioned it there. 
He's a very intelligent, skillful footballer and he's been surrounded by players who haven't been on that kind of natural wavelength. Now, prior to Almiron arriving, it was quite obvious that um, he and um, Rondon were building up a really good understanding. Um, and Almiron is just, he's just kind of the icing on the cake in that sense. He's, he's just allowed Rondon and Perez to, you know, he's, oh, sorry, he allowed it yesterday and it's going to, and it's going to continue, I don't doubt it. He's allowed... Um, those two players to really show their strengths and um I use his his work rate, his um ability to just to use his lower body strength to kind of spin players and to put the ball into space and, and also just how he how he reads where the ball's gonna break to in the box. That's why he's he's an instinctive finisher. He scored a lot of goals from Newcastle sort of between six and ten yards and um, because he knows he kind of almost can read where a ball's gonna break to and um I I really like him and um I think obviously under under Rafa Benitez, he's just he's maturing into the player that I think we saw signs of when he was thrust into the side um, by uh, Alan Pardew and then by John Carver in that season where we we almost got relegated. Um, I can't can't speak highly enough of him. I really I really enjoy watching him play, and I think as long as Rafa's at the club, he's just going to get better and better. And you know what? The reality is, if somebody came in with a bid for Perez, you would be looking at a minimum twenty million. Now that's not a bad player, right? Not at all, not at all, Norman. Um, I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. Um, another thing about Perez is earlier in the season, especially the first eight, eight or so games when we didn't really have Rondon fit and he was playing with, with Hosselu, and uh, I don't want to have a good Hosselu, but you, you sort of saw the belief of, in Perez of getting into the box. It's almost like he didn't bother making a lot of those runs because he didn't think he was ever going to get it. When, when he's got Rondon up mm-hmm. there and now Almiron as well, you could see Perez just had a new lease of life and he was making runs in the space because there's a good chance he's going to get that pass, he's going to get that ball. And again, like it's all about the, the kind of, we know he's a good player and he knows he's a good player, but he needs to believe that his teammates can kind of work with him and, and, and make that happen. Um, back to back to Rondon. Um, uh, Dodds has just uh, handed me a stat in exchange for my earlier one. <laughs> this is equally his best uh, goal-scoring tally in the Premier League and in a, a far lower number of games. Again, that first kind of eight of the season where he wasn't really in the side, just getting back to fitness. Um, he looks like he's capable of a, of a 15 to 20 gold season and it's actually terrifying me now that we may only get three more months of him at Newcastle because as it stands he's not a Newcastle United player and if there's one thing we need to change our policy on is it signing a player like that yes he's he's 30 this year is he um but he's absolutely worth the 15 to 20 million it would cost even if you only get two or three more of his best years out of him um so yeah between the three of them I've just seen nothing like that I mean Rondon I would love to talk about him all day as well. It's not just, as you say, I think it was you, Ben, it's not just about his physicality, it's not just about him being the target man. He's actually quite fast. There was balls going in front of him that he was running onto. He's actually good with his feet. He's playing one-twos with Perez and Almiron. He's an all-round centre-forward who contributes so much to this team. And it's it's the weakness that Rafa identified last season. It's like, right, we need a centre-forward who can do this and that. Almiron, right, we need some pace and some skill and some flair. Every player that Rafa kind of strives, that he makes a number-one priority, improves the team like 20 times just because of it. it's the right fit. Rondon and Almiron have added so much to this team in the space of seven months. It's scary. Yeah, well said. Um, I think that there's a lot to be said about Rafa's number one choices. Who's Rafa been desperate to have, apart from Andros Townsend, who's mint, he, who he didn't get. He's been desperate for Florian Lejeune, who was just a lovely, lovely footballer. I can't, can't give you any more... Any more words than he's a lovely, lovely footballer. He caresses the ball. When he tackles, he does it. His hair stays in place. It's just, he's just a lovely, <laughs> lovely footballer. And, you know, Lejeune's ball for that first goal yesterday and some of the ball playing of um, Fabian Scher and Lejeune, it's like 
now we're starting to see the merits of the and it is a three four three formation for all our frustration and the fan frustration after the Fulham game and Rafa was frustrated as well. It's a three four three formation. You can see it yesterday. Yedlin and Richie um really high up the pitch, supporting Hayden and Longstaff with the three um four players outside no one have just talked about causing havoc and it's I think a lot of Premier League teams are gonna struggle and have struggled. You know, we've only we've only lost games against teams from the top six since the first of December. And it's nearly it's nearly March. Um in addition, this is an absolutely ridiculous stat. Only Man City, Liverpool, Spurs and Chelsea have conceded less goals in Newcastle this season. Now that's with like, you know, Fabian Cher, three million quid, Jamal Asels, three million quid, DeAndre Yedlin, five million quid, Martin Dubravka, five million quid. Can you imagine if Rafa was given the tools? Sorry? Lejeune was less than ten million. I mean it's all it's almost miraculous what Rafa has achieved. Eight point seven. Thank you, Norman. Um <laughs> and just we'll have to finish the podcast off because we we are running out of time. Um, you know, a couple of things that I really liked was that um, there was a couple of moments towards the end of the first half where players forced things a little bit against the ten men. Isaac Hayden was guilty of it. I, I say nice things about Rafa all the time, but he does have a little bit of a flounce about him. If someone does something wrong, he kind of throws his arms in the air and turns towards the bench in a really dramatic way. It gets the message across though, because second half I know was scored straight away, but it was clear that Rafa, and I think the message to the team at halftime was don't panic, play the crossfield balls, use the width, and you saw that within a minute. You know, there's quite a few times in the in the first half where Richie against ten men was getting forwards and you know jumping up and down as he does and throwing throwing his arms around and we weren't switching play. Often looking to, you know, through going through the middle, we will switch play straight away, and we got two goals from it, um, which is fairly spectacular. And I think, you know, again, a lot of the credit has to go for Rafa there. But that's what you get from a world class manager; you get that kind of performance. Um, I thought the Kennedy substitution was really positive. I thought, you know, I said to you, Norman, this is the exact kind of game for Kennedy to get some confidence back. And he, he had one of his best performances. He immediately made an impact. And then he has that ridiculous volley, which was hit straight at the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper pulls off a save, hits the crossbar. Hopefully, I think Kennedy still, if Kennedy plays like he does last season, it's a big if, then he has a, a big role to play in the rest of the season. And finally, you know, the likes of Kennedy, someone mentioned Muto, um, or it might have been Adam on the um, the immediate post-game part for patrons. Um, Muto didn't get on the bench yesterday. Now, you know, this is what competition for places. There isn't going to be a space on the bench for Key, Diomi, and Andrew Shelby. These players have to play well. Christian Atsu, Rafa still wants to keep involved, so Isaac Perez and Almiron need to, need to, you know, stay switched on. I think the only player, the only three players that are safe in this whole... Um, Starting lineup are probably Dubravka, um, Lejeune, and Rondon. Maybe Yedlin because there's no one else. Um, but they're the only players who are guaranteed a game. So that, that's what we want. And it's, it's kind of Rafa's had to drag us there as a football club, kicking and screaming. But we have got them. We look like a really good Premier League team. And in terms of the context of this game, that's three home wins in a row. We've hardly lost a game to anyone outside the top six, you know, all season. And, you know, we, we've, got, we've got to go to Brighton. Brighton will not be looking forward to host and as we're above Brighton in the league we've got to go to Bournemouth we've got Palace to come here Evan to come here they will not be seeing Newcastle United as the soft touch we were earlier in the season when St James's Park was a, a comfortable place to come and win games away from home we still haven't lost to teams outside of the top six so teams won't look forward to playing Newcastle United like they might do look, maybe look forward to playing a Southampton or you know other teams down there like a Brighton um, definitely like a Huddersfield and Fulham so I, I definitely think we're looking up and I don't think the top 10 is beyond our reach maybe it's hyperbolic but you think of the, the form that we're in and the football we're playing we haven't got what we deserved recently at Wolves um, and all of, a, all of a sudden things things are looking up as Newcastle United fan this has been the uh, Alex, Norman can I, just, can I just jump in there um, what, what I'd like to add as well is uh, the crowd yesterday with regards to Bravka that's what fans should be doing. Like Dubravka 
he's made a couple of errors lately and yesterday like people just sang his name and you could obviously see like, the response he kept a clean sheet he looked solid he's coming us up he's coming out he was, he was collecting balls kind of there uh, you know 13 14 yards out and just just encouraging a player who's um kind of had his name in the press because of a couple of mistakes i think is hugely important so i i just thought the crowd were brilliant yesterday I totally agree, and I think fair play to War Flags as well. That was a brilliant display from Almiron, and it's great to be able to have fan-funded displays like this that allow you to single out a player and you play and try and make them feel welcome. So credit to that, and I know they're fundraising at the minute, so if you've got a few extra quid, um, you know, stick it their way. This has been the True Faith Podcast. Thanks very much to all of you guys uh, who've done the podcast with me today. If you like the show, please check us out on Patreon. We'll spend all week doing podcasts. It would be great if uh, if you fancied listening to them. They're about Newcastle United, and you know it's a good time to do it. It's a positive time. It's only about seven quid a month for about 30 extra podcasts. So particularly if you've got one of those jobs where you can listen to you know podcasts all day, your long commutes, go to the gym, whatever. Have us in your ears every single day. What could be better than that? If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you use. That really helps us. And that's it. We're going to be back with another free show for you after Burnley. Um, Massive game. But you know what? We tend to win the massive games, don't we? And we certainly don't lose them. So I'm sure we'll be fine. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.